to the Don't Suffer Like Us podcast, hosted by Kimberly Fujitaki and Thea Pichelle. I am having so many technical issues today. Hello, Kimberly. Welcome. Hello, Thea. No problem. You know, they just have to make it work, and that's how we do it. I don't think that's I how we do it around here. I don't think I should become a technical director. Yeah. <laughs> Next oh. lifetime. Next lifetime, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> so today we're going to be talking about Esteya. Last time we talked about Satya, and before that, Ahimsa. So we're going through all of the yamas, um, and shortly we'll be going through the niyamas. Um, but today we're talking about not stealing, so I'm not going to steal the focus away from what we have talked about or what we will talk about. <laughs> we're going to talk about what we are talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I just stole like two minutes of your time. I apologize. <laughs> Everybody's stealing all the time around here. No, it's... I think that this one is, you know, obviously people think like, oh yeah, no, you know, non-stealing, like that's an easy one. Like I just don't, I don't steal things, but it's like, how many times have you, you know, been in a conversation with someone where like your, emo- your emotional capability is not there and they're just talking and talking and talking and you just can't do it. You know, like how many times is there opportunity where we're, thinking you know oh this is going to be a great a great opportunity for exposure but this person is stealing like your information your time your effort like and out of exposure you know like there's a lot of different ways that people kind of steal from you that you may not even be realizing is is stealing because they're not like taking your stuff yeah, and you might be stealing from yourself in these situations too, because I know I've done this where I put my energy into someone else's something, mm-hmm. and then uh, that way I don't have to do my thing, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, and the stealing too is like it's an it's it's kind of sneaky sometimes, you know. I think as yoga teachers, like we're taught to give, you know, and we're taught to continuously be of service and we wanna, you know, help people because this is something that has helped us tremendously, you know, but you can get into the trap of of like overextending yourself in a way mm-hmm. that makes it so that you feel robbed. Like I've been sitting at home being like, Oh my god, why did I do that? You know, <laughs> spend so much time doing something for someone else mm-hmm. that I didn't necessarily benefit from, you know, and it's easy to be like, Oh, well, yeah, you know, it's, it's great. Blah, blah, blah. But like, that's not how I felt. <laughs> not, not at all. <laughs> like inside, I felt like there was something that was taken from me that, I wasn't compensated for and that didn't feel like an energy exchange that was healthy, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, even if you like with uh, Swami Sivananda, he said desire or want is the cause for stealing. And if you think about it, like when we're in those spirit, in the spirit of not feeling like we are enough, like are we taking from ourselves by focusing on how we're not enough? Are we taking from others by seeking them to fill our needs when we ourselves have to fill that void? 
-hmm. Are we, you know, there's a variety of ways that we can steal or steal, but ultimately it's the root cause is I'm not good enough, right? Um, Or I don't have enough. Right. Somebody else has something that, you know, and that can work that way too, is that somebody else has something that you want and you want to take it. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah. Kids yoga, we talk about, you know, not stealing is a good thing. It's like we talk about how we share, you know, in a way that's, it, and it's really difficult, you know. Children don't want to share. Adults don't want to share. So <laughs> we're asking children to share all the time, but like adults don't share their stuff. So, <laughs> yeah. But we're asking kids all the time to, you know, be. Uh, to let go of their possessions, things that, mm-hmm. that are theirs and let other people use them in a way that sometimes feels unfair or difficult. Like my nieces who are you know, almost five and two, you know, the two-year-old now, she's starting to get the concept of like sharing, but it's still different, you know, it's still difficult. She's like, she knows like my big sister has something that I want, you know, right? <laughs> and I want it now. But she had just gotten it. But then she told me yesterday, she's not sharing. She's not sharing. She hadn't even gotten it for like one minute yet. <laughs> <laughs> so you know the the idea of the word, you know, like we wanna we wanna share and we wanna be able to, you know, to have things that you know are. So, the, another thing that comes up with kids yoga too a lot is is if I have a class and all the yoga mats are different colors, then it's like chaotic because everybody wants the same one <laughs> and nobody yeah. wants to share because they all want the one that's the one that they want, you know? <laughs> and so what we ended up doing is just buying all the same colors so that everybody could just have the same. But it's also a lesson for them to be able to learn hey you know I don't just take this mat from somebody else when Mm -hmm. is it my turn to be able to have that mat and so if I did have all different mats we would have a sheet where they would have a list and then everyone could get the mat when you know I could keep track of it so rotate it yeah so that everybody felt like I don't get it you know nobody ever gives me the mat that I want you know and it I think that it's it's important and it's it's an interesting thing to teach kids because a lot of times we're, what we're doing in kids yoga is teaching sharing and not stealing from one another. <laughs> and at the root, most adults are still those children that want the specific mat. But even, exactly. even when we feel content, you know, like things are going well, are we able to just appreciate that they're going well in the moment? Or are we running ahead to the feeling that things are going to to end mm-hmm. or we're going to lose that person or, you know, that possession or we're we're never going to have this experience again? Mm-hmm. You know, that's also a form of, of stealing from oneself. And I went to a yoga retreat years ago and one of the facilitators stole from the people there because she said, you know, you all feel really great right now. Wonderful. And it, it's a real feeling, but in a few days, you're just going to be so depressed. 
I'm like, what the heck kind of message is that? It's building dependency, right? And that's that power structure and power abuse that Kimberly and I've talked about again and again. But ultimately, like, the whole point is the impermanence of everything, right? Like, we, with Ahimsa, knowing that when those things end, that everything comes to an end, right? And not beating ourselves up over the thing that things are temporary in nature. Like if we have a favorite pair of shoes, I'm just going to go with something superficial because, you know, it has less likely chance of, of being traumatizing. If we have a favorite pair of shoes and we break them, you know, not practicing, if we were not practicing Ahimsa, we might be like, oh, I'm so stupid because I broke my shoes. And then, you know, not practicing Satya is just focusing on how stupid we feel for not breaking our shoes and that we're never that smart because we're always ruining something. And Asteya, that also goes into that, right? And Brahmacharya, that the expenditure of energy in an inefficient way, that fills it. And Aparigraha, the non-grasping attachment, right? Like everything circles around. And like with Asteya, focusing on, you know, if we are feeling content, allowing that sense of contentment to exist, but understand that it passes. Because I think a lot of times in yoga, people really focus on that feel good and they're always haunting, hunting for that feel good. And when yoga doesn't feel good, they don't know what to do. But we're humans. We have fluctuation. Yeah. We shouldn't be addicted to some type of release in, in our practice sometimes, you know, like that, that idea of like, oh, I just want to feel like I feel in Shavasana, you know, or attaching to that feeling. Um, then, you know, what are you doing your entire practice if you're just waiting for that one moment to just lay down, you know, like there's, there's opportunities in each of these moments to really be present and to not, you know, there's, there's this term called like foreboding joy, like you, Mm -hmm. you're just constantly worried when you're happy that it's going to go to crap because Mm -hmm. just, and I had a really really bad time with that like through my teenage years and and early 20s like it was crippling to me to always feel like I could never be really really happy because otherwise something bad would happen you know and that's all like trauma stuff but Mm -hmm. that stole a good portion of my life because I couldn't really feel all the joy that I had because I was always so worried that something was going to happen because something did always happen. It felt mm-hmm. like, you know, but <clears throat> that mindfulness component that I learned in my practice really helped me to get rid of some of that, like always thinking like the shadows around the corner about to eat me, you know, yeah. like, always, always the monsters under the bed, you know, like it just is something that if we don't learn that present moment awareness, then we are always going to feel like, something's gonna attack us or because that's that's also a human human nature you know is that we're we're trying to protect ourselves but <clears throat> you lose out on so much joy you're that so much joy has been stolen from not being able to experience those things fully and to be able to really like live in in the moment Hello, Thea? Well, Thea might have been cut off there, but 
I just wanted to wrap up that non-stealing estate. So if you feel like your time's being stolen from you or your energy or your money or your finances, like it's important to really be uh, mindful of how we're interacting with others when we're interacting with others. I cannot hear you, Thea. <laughs> So hopefully these yamas have helped you to kind of see how maybe you can incorporate them into your classes or your teaching and see how, you know, kids will practice asteya and how adults practice asteya and it's going to be different. So just continue on your learning journey. We hope that these help you to kind of just bring a little bit more awareness to the yamas and yoga philosophy, which is an important practice. Next week, we'll be talking about brahmacharya and the conservation of your energy. And so we hope you'll join us for that. You can listen to the archives of our podcast at Don't Suffer Like Us or anywhere you listen to podcasts. And then if you have any questions, follow us on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook at Don't Suffer Like Us. And we will hear from you next time. So thank you so much. And Thea thanks you as well. And we will iron out our technical difficulties and be back with you next week. Have a great night. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode of Don't Suffer.